trades where it's just like like like, like everyone's like, oh, bend over. I'm just bending over for you, just to like give you value. Cole just sells just... them on one like beneficial part of the trade, while the rest of it is just absolutely just tearing. Dude, I I don't think that my trade is the the trade that I would potentially do. I I don't think that's a bad trade. It's not. It's Dalvin for three firsts is, is and not three good. seconds, bro. Dalvin for three firsts. I have four firsts next draft, and two and seconds. three seconds. Three seconds. Three seconds. That's that's like it's crazy. It's crazy. an entire the first rebuild. person who decides they want to rebuild is going to be a very rich man. How's about instead of giving Cole Dalvin Cook, I'll, I'll like I'll I'll trade for him. I can give you two firsts and a third. That's all I got. I'll literally give you my entire draft for next year. For Dalvin. I'll give you one through four. <laughs> Shut up, Sean. <laughs> the one competition guy. All right, boys, I told you, I guess. Ryan and Lucas. All right, I'll meet myself. All right, I'm gonna pipe down. Oh, I'll, be, I'll be quiet. Ryan, Lucas, you guys ready? Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna move to a different seat. Right. Make sure we're all sitting properly and you know, keep our posture straight. Mm. Also, just need to grab my water bottle, and then I'm good. Before you start, Ryan, what do you think about that cream hunt trade I sent you? Oh, I haven't, I haven't looked at back. I haven't looked at uh, sleeper okay. in a fat minute. Yes, I said it a while ago. I, I literally have not looked at any trades in like two weeks. Ever since my team has basically been rebuilt this off season. My name's Cole Conte. I'm the biggest skier in the entire. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm not trading. I'm not trading not cream hunt. I'll, I'll look at it. I, I'd like to take cream hunt off your hands. I'm willing to, to barter. I just had a preliminary offer of poke. <laughs> That's just no. I mean, no. I, I don't dislike it. I don't dislike it. I can add another second. Wait, two seconds? Yeah. Two Wait. seconds in KJ Hamler just for Kareem Hunt? What? <laughs> That's That's a lot. No, he's stuck with his team. <laughs> no, I need I need Kareem Hunt on my team. I need him. You need that RB depth, Ryan. I do, which is why which is why I fucking traded Matt Ryan so I could pick up Jalen Richard. <laughs> Basically, third rounder and Jalen Richard for Matt Ryan. I'll take it. All right, Are we ready? Uh, um, yeah, should be good to go. Also, just is my mic good? I just want to make sure that's all good. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm uh, there's a bit of background with it, but it's good. Well, there's a there's yeah, a there's a fan. I can move it slightly farther away. It's it's not too terrible for me. I don't think. No, no, it's it's not like terrible. But, Wait, it's like well, no. Let me let me adjust the settings. I can fix it. Okay. How about that? Oh uh, yeah. Now it's only when you like talk, you hear a little bit, but it's not. No, yeah, it's it's great. It, it's yeah. great. It's great. It's perfect. All right, hosts, let's take it away. Hello and welcome to uh, the Boonty Pod. Porchpod actually is our official name. Oh. Well, uh, we can we can decide this as a later time what to call it. Yo, I'm sorry, come on. That was the weakest start <laughs> I've ever heard. That was so weak. But really, also I, I'm looking I'm looking at the I'm looking at the word doc right now. It's spelled it's spelled spelled prochpod. <laughs> Let's pronounce prockpod, actually. Prockpod. <laughs> But if we're g okay, fine. Do we want to start with Boonty Pod? Let's make a Boonty Pod. Like, Lucas, Ryan, can you, uh, can you can start be start off here? Okay, Ryan, you start us off. I don't know. Uh, okay. I'm not a. 
<laughs> Need some charisma there. All right. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the first ever Porch Pod Daily Podcast. We've got myself, Ryan, here with my co-host, Lucas. Hello. Uh, behind, behind the mics, we've also got Roman. He's going to be a soundboard producer doing some little check-ins here and there, keeping us in track because we like to go on tangents. You know how it is. You know how I be. What's doing? There you go. We've also, not with us right now, but we've also got Skyler, who will be doing some scattering reports for us. He likes to put on those Fandango goggles and look deep into the future to see who's going to be the best of the best. Oh, we've yeah. Got... He's... <laughs> he, he likes to go deep down in that Mariana trench, if you know what I mean. Oh, yes. He likes to scavenge his way through players on that waiver wire like nobody else. Next, we've got Chris, our analytics guy. He likes to run numbers better than anybody else. He'll be doing ADP stock watch for us. Uh, just kind of seeing who is more valuable at the time, whose stock is increasing and decreasing, all that stuff. And this isn't necessarily any tidbit, but we've also got Jack, who is our Tampa Bay Buccaneers expert, who knows absolutely nothing else about football besides the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, if you were to find Mike Evans and get a photo signature and just send it to Jack, I guarantee you he would just literally just quit the league and be like, I, I don't need fantasy football anymore. I'm good. So that's him. As yeah. well. all, those, uh, all those other people are going to be joining us at later times on different episodes and they'll make their appearances when they are requested but just for the first episode it's just going to be lucas ryan and i so mm-hmm. let's get this show started um, no we'll, we'll start, start with we're doing uh, some news around the league news uh, around the league apparently uh doc prescott we're recording on the june 22nd is supposed to sign uh his franchise tender today i'm not he hasn't quite done it yet, but it is supposed... Oh, no. Never mind. An hour ago, he officially signed... Oh, man. Okay, there we go. <laughs> the tender. I, I just checked. Um, so, hey, he's locked in for the 2020 season, but we'll see if that long-term deal can manifest. Do you guys think he'll um, stick around after this next year? I think he wants to. What, uh, what uh, Adam Scheffner's been saying is that Dak wants a four-year deal, and uh, the Cowboys want a five-year deal. Um, you know... They want to keep him locked into like whatever contract they have, while Dak wants to be able to renegotiate earlier, which makes sense for him. Hmm. So it's uh, they're in, apparently in a standoff there. So we'll see what happens. Um, but overall, it, I don't think the franchise tender will affect fantasy football too much in 2020. Oh no! Yeah, I, I highly doubt it's going to have any effect on any of the fantasy value for either Cooper. Uh, we've got Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, us, uh, who's the, uh, tight end? Oh, uh, Blake Jarwin. Blake Jarwin, yes, forgot about that name. Zeke will be fine. So, Cowboys are going to be the Cowboys. Uh, Dak will still end up being a top 10 fantasy quarterback just because of all those weapons he has. The one thing I'm worried about, though, is not necessarily for fantasy purposes, but just the Cowboys' longevity in the future. Just because, as we've seen the past four or five years, those teams that have handed out those massive quarterback contracts and then not necessarily seen that pan out in terms of wins and playoff wins and championships and Super Bowl appearances. So I'm curious to see. I think that if Dak ends up getting the contract that he wants, I feel like that'll end up being worse for the Cowboys if it's around that $40 million a year range that he's looking for because as good as Dak Prescott is as a fantasy quarterback, as an actual quarterback in terms of what he can do in the postseason, I'm not 100% sold on that yet. So I don't think he does. I think he deserves to get paid i think he should i think he's well earned a four-year contract just not at the yearly rate he's asking for well um i I was just going to talk about i mean just look at last season look at where they ended and they didn't even make the postseason 
Like exactly, he's, yeah. He's expecting to get pay for like a superstar talent when yeah he's having trouble just taking the division from the Eagles who had no wide receivers and Carson Wentz who's you know had a bit of a tumultuous career so far. So I think that there's going to be a little bit of really there's going to be a lot more heavy analysis on on Dak's abilities this next. Year I mean, with, with his... yeah, as as a Devil's Advocate, people would say, oh, it's all Jason Garrett's fault. And there could be some truth to that, but Dak needs to get it done in the end. Um, yeah, a lot of it also, um, a lot of it just, I know earlier on in the season for those first eight weeks, they were having a lot of difficulty with their offensive coordinator. That just The offense seemed really stale and stagnant through the first half of the season. So with the coaching change with Mike McCarthy, I feel like this will be Dak's true opportunity to be like, all right, am I the future of the Dallas Cowboys or am I just another potential franchise quarterback, but end up hitting the market and signing with a different team. Yeah, being a Kirk Cousins of sorts. Yeah, in a way, but I think he's got more potential than a Kirk Cousins, though. Yeah. Um, moving on to other news, uh, Dalvin Cook is planning to hold out for the 2020 season, which will be interesting with the new CBA and uh, players being required to report to training camp and participating there for a, a set amount of time. So, uh, yeah, I'm not too optimistic on Dalvin Cook because of this news. You know, even in the recent past with guys like Le'Veon Bell and Melvin Gordon, holding out hasn't been quite, you know, productive for their contracts as uh, some people, or as they have, may have hoped, or even, and uh, their play, like we saw with Melvin Gordon last year, he wasn't looking quite as fresh as he was the pre in 2018 after signing or after coming back week six i wanted to talk about that a little bit honestly like what do you think has like what do you think does that to a player like them holding out and then whenever they do come back like Le'Veon and melvin gordon they both just kind of disappointed you know they just they they really haven't yeah. like, out even to the new contract when they did get their money they just really haven't been able to produce on on the field I, pers uh, I personally think there is a mental separation between what the player is going through at training camp and then what they're sitting around wanting that contract money. I feel like that's the big issue, and that potentially could be the reason why when they come back initially they're not 100% into it. It's because they haven't been going through the regular routine that they normally would through a training camp. They've kind of taken a step back, not necessarily participating in all those camps, and instead looking for that money. So then once they actually are thrown in like week 7 or week 8, whenever they come back, they might not be super well adjusted the first couple weeks because they haven't been yeah. doing what they've been supposed to be doing technically, even though what they're fighting for is more money, which I do think there are certain running backs in this league that deserve contracts like, th like this, specifically Dalvin cook is one of those guys. I think he does deserve a bigger contract extension, but in, like I said, with Dak Prescott in terms of teams longevity, we've also seen that not necessarily pan out in the win column. So, uh, yeah, for me, it's like, I think, like, they're trying to maximize the amount of money they can make in their short NFL careers, but, you know, when they come back, they're just a little rusty, you know, training camp is like, a like, gets you in shape really fast for, uh, football players, and they're just, they, they got rust on the wheels, and it takes them, you know, a month to get the rust off and get the, the gears rolling as, as properly. Exactly, because it also kind of takes away from you the aspect of you being a part of the team in a way. If you're not participating in the team activities, you're not interacting with your teammates, that can sort of lead to the little bit of that mental separation I, I talked about earlier, where you don't necessarily yeah. feel like you're a part of the team, and whether or not that actually has an effect or not, we're not sure, but that would just be my best guess as to some of the lethargic play that comes out of these running backs the first week out of a contract hold.
Um, yeah, but no, you can go ahead. for for uh, for me, I think uh, this really pushes Dalvin Cook down my draft board. Just if he does end up holding out games, will it? It's going to be a bit of a weird situation, but I think like an early to mid second round is like where I'd be comfortable taking him because in the first two rounds, it's you want upside, but you also want a really safe floor, and I think the contract holdout kind of just crumbles Dalvin's floor a bit too much for me to want to invest, you know, a first round draft capital when you could get, you know, in the later half of the first round a Joe Mixon, Derrick Henry, or Devontae Adams in there. Mm-hmm. Well, where, where, well, if you do end up taking that risk on Dalvin Cook early in that, in that second round or wherever you plan on taking him, where is that going to force you to take Alexander Madison? I'm... I like even if I don't have Delvin, I'm probably looking around the eighth round, depending on the news and the contract situation, because that's still up in the air yeah. at this point in time. But like I, I like you know we even seen like Austin Eckler and uh, James Conner be highly productive fantasy backs coming out of um, being the guy behind the the holdouts, and we even saw like Alexander Madison give him flashes last year. You know, I wasn't too hyped on him coming into the NFL, but he really changed my mind in the NFL. He really showed that he's uh, quite a solid running back talent with his limited workload and production. Yeah, I personally, I, I can't say I've done too much uh, film analysis on watching Alexander Madison from last year because I wasn't a Dalvin Cook owner in any of my leagues from last season, but any starting running back has has value to some degree. And so depending on when Dalvin Cook holds out, I, if I project a similar situation, what happened with Zeke, where he holds out for like the first six weeks or so and then comes back, for me, I wouldn't feel comfortable taking a second round pick on Dalvin Cook then, only because I feel like I would more so want to wait till maybe if he falls to the third or even at the latest, like early fourth, just because I'd much rather secure a safety spot on that team with another player at the similar caliber, maybe a different position, than risking a Dalvin Cook. Because for me, a Dalvin Cook holdout basically seems like he's only valuable to you if he does well during the playoff weeks. If he doesn't do anything in those playoff weeks to get you into that championship match, then I feel like the risk of taking a, a second-round pick on him isn't necessarily worth it. Yeah, I, I think it's 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 a little hard to tell because we're just so early. We're, we're not close to the season, really. So it's like... Mm-hmm. We, Which one you can't really tell. Yeah. Was, yeah, as like a little kind of like template. Yeah, but it's like you know he could he could like start a training camp. He could get signed, and then you know oh he's still going to be you know like in that top six pick range for me. But it's it's a little too early for me to like want to say like drop him down to the third fourth round personally. Yeah, that's that's why personally I wouldn't take Dalvin Cook in the second round unless he were to fall. Yeah. into like the third round for me personally that's where i would take him and it, it, it's just the risk reward you want to take because you could be having that top five guy there with dalvin in the second which would be a huge boost to your team but it you know there's a little more risk with what what's going around on around him mm-hmm. yeah and that's why i think getting alec uh madison in the seventh or eighth round is a perfect value pick because if dalvin cook ends up holding out for a significant amount of time you just got yourself an rb two potentially within the seventh or eighth round which i think is a pretty value pick in and of itself and if you even spent the earlier pick on dalvin cook then that means you basically secured mm. your are one of your rb positions for the entire year with just two of your draft picks which in the second and seventh round which i think would be pretty valuable yeah i think uh 
if you were to go even, for both, I should Even say. if Dalvin Cook doesn't really hold out, I think Alexander Madison could have some bi-week fill-in potential. You know, he's if he just gets 50 yards and a touchdown, you'd be happy. And, you know, even as a backup, he did that a few weeks ago. Yeah, we're, we're definitely so. going to start to see a fair amount of turnover in running backs because that huge 2017 class is all entering their end-of-year rookie contracts, but the ones that weren't the first-rounders that didn't yeah. get the fifth-year extensions, they're gonna, all going to be looking for potential new teams this upcoming offseason, so I'm excited to see some of the new guys emerge on teams once those big guys leave and the guys low yeah. in the depth chart get a chance to step up. Do you think either or that Dalvin will get signed or before the season starts, or are you feeling that it's going to take a little... He's not going to get signed in 2020? It's a tricky situation just because the Vikings don't necessarily have as much of a grip on the NFC North as they would like. I feel like they know that they need a Dalvin Cook-type player in order to make it a good playoff run, so I feel like they'll, they will end up paying him. Yeah. Okay, I guess I guess it's basically say, yeah, I think they will end up paying him. I just could totally see it happening, like a Zeke situation where they wait till like week three or four just give like, to totally give Alex, like Madison like a test run those first couple weeks to be like, all right, can we really run this team as efficiently yeah. as if we had Dalvin Cook, but on a cheaper contract, because that's what it is. It's just the business at the end of the day. It's not that Dalvin Cook isn't worth the contract of it. It's within how much money the Vikings have as an organization and how much they're willing to yeah. allocate it just to Dalvin Cook. Because, like I said earlier, you, if you invest money in a running back, it's got to end up resulting in wins, playoff wins for your franchise, or else it's just seen as a, a bust move. Yeah, for me, I'm kind of deciding that I think Dalvin won't, because... He did tear his ACL, and I don't think he's particularly injury-prone, but he does have some injuries on his uh, resume, which isn't mm -hmm. the greatest. And the other thing is uh, COVID is going to you know, very limit fan attendance and thus uh, the profits of the NFL. And uh, with the cap system and profit sharing, uh, the cap is expected to drop you know, at least $30 million. Some higher estimates have been up at $80 million. So it'll oh, be I didn't hard to hear about that. Wow. Yeah, well, Adam Scheffner said like 30 to 80, but like people are more expecting 30-ish, 40 million, I think. Like, I think that's okay. a very high investment, so it's... Okay, well, then that would definitely change my opinion on him yeah. potentially not getting re-signed then, if, if that cap situation ends up lowering that greatly. Yeah, because it, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be weird to see how that plays out. Um, mm -hmm. And I just... Um, but moving on, we got uh, some big news for some uh, older fantasy players that have been clinging on to the, the hope of uh, Josh Gordon. He uh, filed for reinstatement earlier this week, or last week. So, uh, hey, will he might it, be... Will it go through this time? That's the big question. Will it actually end up Well, no, it's, it's, it's not a <laughs> will it go through, is will he get signed and will he not get fucking I guess, uh, yeah, that's dismissed what, that's what again? Crazy, will he get signed by someone? Um, I mean, I think this is. I, I feel like the uh, they they cut him. He's he's he's, he's he, yeah he's he's done so good, so with the Seahawks. I feel I personally think the time for Josh Gordon has kind of ended just because I don't think teams are willing to really invest that much into a receiver that has been so on and off and had so many issues for so many years. Had this yeah. league reform with marijuana changed, if this was like five years ago and he was able to reinstate himself, I feel like Josh Gordon would be like a top 10 fantasy wide receiver in that aspect. Because he was one of those guys like Hopkins where his quarterback play didn't really matter. He was just putting mm -hmm. in work. 
But for me at this point, I think if Josh Gordon is signed anywhere, the maximum fantasy value he will have is a is like a matchup flex. That's that's all I really see Josh Gordon if he ends up getting signed to a team that doesn't have anyone else higher up on the depth chart that would be better than him. Yeah. For me, uh my favorite landing spot is, you know, like week week five. Sean Jackson gets a, his his good old hammy gets a little strained, and then the, mm-hmm. the Eagles sign him. You know they have had a lot of injury issues at the wide receiver core. I think like he's he's going to be that guy that just w- whichever wide receiver core gets decimated by injuries, they're going to sign just because they need a body, and he has shown talent in the past. That is true, and he could also provide a veteran presence because I know the yeah. Eagles just using them also as an example is going yeah. through. Kind of shift in their wide receiver core, starting to bring in some more younger yeah. talent. With Jalen Rager. The Jets, too. They they really need. Yeah. He really could. That depends on Adam Gase, though. Adam Gase is I, I'm just a head coach who just I a lot of a lot of issues with. So I just don't see him as a coach hiring someone like or uh, not hiring up. Uh, Signing someone like Josh Gordon. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I my only restriction about the Jets is Adam Gase hasn't been shown to cultivate talent too well. Exactly. That's why I think the Seahawks was a good fit for him. Coaches like Pete Carroll and Mike Tomlin and those guys that are more sort of like player coaches and not just like yeah. coaches coaches. Because those are the situations where they really care about the player, give them an opportunity to thrive. Because in real in reality, the only reason that Josh Gordon hadn't been playing in the NFL for all these years is because he just didn't know how to not smoke weed. Like the Steve. Well, he also he also came out and said he had some. The weed. You just like you just couldn't do that, and he gets kept getting suspended for it. Well, no, he also came out and said he had some issues with alcohol as well, so it wasn't just the marijuana, but. Yeah, he's just had yeah, but drug, the dr- drug testing for alcohol is much more lax compared to marijuana in the NFL, or at least it was. Yeah, but no, I meant he more had personal issues with alcohol than than just the drug testing issues with alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, moving on to our own personal league news, we got we want to cover in our fantasy football league some moves that went down and how we feel about them. Yeah, some off-season trades. I will have a little side note, though, that about 80% of these trades will be involving me and my team, so that'll be fun to talk about. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Starting off, though, I want to talk about one that just happened this week. It was uh, Justin Jefferson uh, and a first-round pick for DeAndre Swift. And uh, I really like the Justin Jefferson in the first side of this deal, while... DeAndre Swift is um, a very talented running back prospect. Um, just there's there's a lot of value to be had with Justin Jefferson in the situation he's going to, where he's going to be the number two behind Thielen um, and Stefan Diggs. So there's a lot of open tar- left. So there's a lot of open targets in that offense for him. And just a, a 2021 first round rookie pick should be somewhat valuable. Um, Whose first round pick was it? Was that uh, Morgan's? Yeah. Did yeah, he give up his own pick? Okay, yeah. Yeah. And Morgan Morgan's got a solid team. I don't see him I, I don't see Morgan's first rounder being a top four pick. I see it being within the five to eight range, somewhere around there. So yeah. like a five to eight range first round pick and just because that was also right around the range Justin Jefferson was taken. I will yeah. say though, I want to add that the only reason this trade goes through in most leagues is because 
uh, Morgan, the guy who traded for DeAndre Swift, has Curry on Johnson. Had yeah. he not have Curry on Johnson, there's no way I think a trade like this goes through. Well, the other thing is he has the very weak RB core because his his other starting his starting RBs was Carry on Johnson and Josh Jacobs, and then on his bench he has guys like Naeem Hines and Chris Thompson, just some scat receiving backs. So mm-hmm. uh, I think this trade uh, greatly ben- benefits him in securing that RB two slot, but I think he just gave up a little too much value for DeAndre Swift personally. I think so, too. I'd much rather have Justin Jefferson in a first-rounder than uh, DeAndre Swift. Yeah, he's, he's kind of... You know, going to be on the Vikings. He's a really good uh, slot position yeah. receiver. Nice big... Body. Exactly. And we're in a, what, a half-PPR dynasty league? So that means, yeah. that's just adding to his value. And yeah, on the Vikings, there's a whole plethora of targets that are gonna that, that was vacated by Stephon Diggs being traded to the Bills. So exactly. He, he, can just, he can just pick up all of that slack right there and you know Kirk Cousins he he, he likes to slack guys so there's going to be a lot of added value to He that. can move the ball downfield. Yeah, it's going to be I I'm sorry, I was just going to say, I think it's going to be interesting to see cuz both Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are players that thrive in the slot. Mm. So I'm trying to think in situations where they have three wide receivers, which one of them will be in the slot in that particular instance. And if it's just a two wide receiver set, are they both going to be on the outside? Is it going to be like an offset? It's going. To, I think it's going to be very interesting because their play style is very similar. Yeah. No, I think personally, it's it's mainly going to be Thielen in the slot just because he's shown he's a very great slot receiver, but he'll get some work outside. Um. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I so I think it's it's. Oh, Ola B.C. Johnson is the their wide receiver three. <laughs> You're excused. <laughs> yes. He's, uh, you know, he had, I think, like, one good game, a little hype on the one, like, one week when, like, Diggs was injured, he got some hype, but uh, overall, I'm not super excited about Ola B.C. Johnson. I don't think he's, like, any serious threat. Um, the one guy who might steal some target share away is Irv Smith, the tight end they took. Oh yes, uh, I do. Li- I do like Urs a year like ago in uh, the 2018 draft, I believe. Uh, you know, he was a very talented guy from Alabama. So, you know, he he might. They're looking to like him take over the Kyle Rudolph tight end role. So we'll see if he gets uh, takes a step forward in this offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think he can add some more receiving power, because Cal Rudolph for the years has just kind of slowly transitioned more into the blocking slash situational tight end receiving threat, where I think Irv Smith has the potential to actually be much more of a receiving threat than uh, Rudolph. Yeah. Um, another trade that our friend Ryan here did, he traded away Damian Williams and Calvin Ridley for Drew Locke and Devontae Parker. And a second uh, round pick. And a second round pick. Um... I mostly and also like... I, sh- I should I should state the, also that this was pre rookie draft that we did before, and with that second round pick, I ended up taking uh was it wide receiver Van Jefferson from Florida, who's on the Rams? Yeah. Um. For me, uh, I like the steal relatively for both sides. I think Devontae Parker is the real deal, but uh, Calvin Ridley has a lot of upside and a lot of people really like him i more uh i more see him like he's going to be a number two a good number two on a team he's never really going to take that alpha role from you know be a julio jones or deandre hopkins 
I think he's just going to be a great number two for teams to have. So we'll see how that does. I know a lot of people have high expectations for him in 2020. So. Mm -hmm. I mean, you summed up my... Th oh, oh, sorry, Robin, go for it. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, I really like the Drew Locke, uh, Devontae Parker in the second side of this trade. Uh, personally, just because Devontae Parker really just showed up at the end of uh, last year, last season. Yeah. Um, and and I, looking, looking at Damian Williams' situation in Kansas City, having uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire be drafted and just kind of threat his, his carry count and his potential snaps through the year. And yeah, Calvin Ridley only being the number two in that offense, I feel like the Devontae Parker Drew Lock side just kind of won out a little bit with just those players' positions. I mean, out. yeah. The, the one thing is, I will say Devontae Parker, you know, a lot of fantasy gamers expected the breakout earlier, but never happened. So I would say there's a little more risk with Devontae Parker, the fact that it could he could be your one-year wonder. Uh, I wouldn't put too much stock into it, though. I think he's the real deal, and he's going to be... You know, somewhere in that, you know, 14 to 18 range, just a, a mid-end wide receiver, too, on the Dolphins. Nothing mm -hmm. like... Um, my my thing, though, is... Uh, I think Damian Williams has a little more upside than people are going to expect with Clyde. You know, he's like... He's, he's, a, he's a good guy to target foreign trades if you're in a win-now mode in Dynasty, I think. Mm -hmm. Just because, you know... We, like you, I for me, I was a little surprised they took Clyde this early, just when uh, he had such a strong playoff performance. You know, he was dealing with injuries a lot last year, but in the playoffs, he really came together and showed that he was a very solid running back. So I was a little surprised to see, take, see them take Clyde that early, but um, you know, they see him as the next Brian Westbrook. So we'll see how that goes. There you go. Yeah, for me, because I, I guess if I wanted to add in my thoughts on this, I was personally thinking of it as I did like Calvin Ridley a lot. I do think he is going to be a very good like, number two wide receiver. Like you said, you kind of had the same spot on opinion that I did. I don't think he'll end up being a true wide receiver number one, but I feel like he will always he will be one of the best wide receiver number twos in the yeah. league. And so for me, with Damian Williams, I do understand that he had a really good playoff push and he had really good fantasy numbers. Uh, towards the end of the season, but in terms of like actual playoffs, that doesn't necessarily translate towards fantasy. So, and I looked back at it, he really only had a couple weeks last season where he really went off, and those happened to be sort of later down in the season. Yeah. And the other thing to recognize is that Damian Williams only has one year left on his contract, and he was an undrafted, uh, he was an undrafted rookie. So for the Chiefs to try to pour out some money on him instead of trying to take a guy like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire that they can get on a rookie contract. That, to me, makes sense as to why they took him that early, because I do think Clyde fits super well into that Chiefs offense with his play style. I feel like that is just yeah. a match made in heaven for Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Having a running back like that will be perfect. Uh, and then for me personally, I really am a big fan of Drew Locke and Devontae Parker. I think Devontae Parker struggled a lot with injuries and poor coaching throughout the throughout his rookie contract on the Dolphins. He never really had top-tier quarterback play outside of Ryan Tannehill, who even on the Dolphins struggled a bunch just because he was the most sacked quarterback of all time. He was also dealing with injuries. Yeah. He was also playing very inconsistently. But with this past season, when he kind of broke out this year, the reminiscent I got of it was like a Robert Woods. If you want to go back and look at Robert Woods' stats, he was a somebody on the Buffalo Bills for the majority of like first three, four years of his career, and then finally just kind of popped off out of nowhere and had the potential. And I'm not saying that they're similar type players, but in terms of players that started off slow, but eventually kind of grew into their own, I feel like yeah. Devontae Parker kind of fits into that mold. And I will say as like a, 
a little a little exaggeration, but also in the same sense of like an Adam Thielen, where Adam Thielen was an undrafted guy, came out of nowhere, worked his way up from the practice squad, now is like a top 10 receiver. So to say that it is crazy for him to reach that number one wide receiver source has, I don't think it's that crazy. And I also just really love Drew Locke, him and the weapons that he got this offseason. I... I'm a big fan of the film. He was improving from week to week. I'm not going to be the one who's super crazy on the fact that he went 4-1. and one. Like, yes, he won games. So it wasn't necessarily against the toughest of the toughest yeah. competition. I will recognize outside of that Houston Texans road game win. But I just, I think there's only, they're going to only go up from here. I feel like he has the best opportunity out of these going to be, going to be uh, year two quarterbacks that have a breakout season. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean. Like if a quarterback's able to win in this in, in that division and I mean in this in this league, it's it's pretty impressive. And yeah, I'm I'm totally behind the Drew Lock hype at this point, especially now that um, I have Jerry Judy on my team. I'm very excited to see him break out. But lots uh, of lots of young talent around him. I'm I'm a, I'm a little more reserved on Drew Lock than you guys. I think he's a solid talent, but I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sold yet that he is the real deal. I think we've seen. You know, we've seen, like, he didn't really just impress me. Like, he's, he showed that he could do some solid things, but he also showed that he was a rookie and made some mistakes. The one so. thing I will say, though, is that he was sacked the least amount out of any quarterback during those five weeks that he played. He was only sacked, I think, once yeah. a game on average. All right, well, and also, as for one last reference, I only have him at quarterback 18 on my chart, so I'm not, like, thinking it's kind of a crazy big year, but he yeah. could break out for sure. I mean, he's not going to be immediately replaced like every other Denver quarterback, am I right? But I think we can yeah. move on to a trade that I've been actually really interested in is the Michael Gallup and Henry Ruggs for a third and a, and a third for Kareem Hunt, T. Higgins, and a fourth. I wanted to see what you guys thought about that. Um, I don't know. Like, Kareem Hunt is just such a weird thing for me because, like, my question is, is like, it's he's he's a high, he, he is a high reward player. He's like... If because if he if he gets I don't think Cleveland's going to re-sign him next year because he was a restricted free agent so there wasn't a huge market for him. But it when if he becomes an unrestricted free agent in the offseason next year, I think you know he could you know lands in a spot like Miami or something or you know goes to Minnesota if they choose to really stout then. Minnesota. Um, why, why, why did you say Minnesota? Why do you say Minnesota? Yeah, I don't think Minnesota. Would be a good oh, no, fit for I, him. Yeah, it was. I don't think. I, I think like min, uh, just like I mean any any team that like a like where he can be in like the number one RB like any spot like that it wasn't really like a specifically Minnesota is just if like Dalvin goes and they choose to sign someone in free agency I could see Kareem Hunt being in the cards but anyway I think he's like he's a uh, he because we've seen him be you know a top five running back in the league so he mm-hmm. could you you know he like will have He'll be somewhat of an RB3, RB, low-end RB2, high-end RB3 week-to-week this year, just because Nick Chubb's there. Um, but uh, he can have huge upsides, paying huge dividends in, in the 2021 season, depending where he goes in the offseason. Um, but I also do love Michael Gallup. I don't completely want to fade him just because they took CD Lamb. You know, rookie wide receivers take time to develop. And mm-hmm. Cream Hunt has, uh, he's got some pretty big upside, you know, he's, uh, or no, not Cream Hunt, I'm sorry, uh, Henry Ruggs, you know, he was the number one receiver, a little overdrafted by the Raiders, but he's uh, a very talented guy. A little overdrafted, like, I 
understand, but still, there were plenty. I mean, you said C.D. Lamb and, and other guys, but that that yeah. I think stands out a lot to me, and that yeah, that definitely puts a lot of expectations on him. But I'm really I'm I'm a, I'm a firm believer in his ability to kind of take over in that offense because they like what other wide like they don't have a wide receiver one on that team. Oh uh, yeah, I, I think his place to just completely take over. I think, but he he doesn't like fit to be a like a true alpha with like you know a thirty percent target share year to year like a Michael Thomas or DeAndre Hopkins. He's more of like a he's like a speedster. Well, you you could just say Tyree Tyree Hill because yeah, exactly. but no, but he's not like because in in college he was he was used a lot around the line of scrimmage. He wasn't particularly a deep threat. He's not like. Well, yeah, because Tua Tua doesn't have the most amazing deep ball compared to like other quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, but Henry uh, think... Henry Ruggs is still a game changer. So for, if I want to just chime in real quick, I liked Michael Gallup, but I also did see that C.D. Lamb could take the target share a little bit away from that. I also don't think that would have been too much from the first year. But I was more so just worried about like we just heard earlier with the Dak news that Dak wasn't going to re-sign on a big contract, yeah. and I feel like Michael Gallup's value is if. That if he's in on Dallas with Dak Prescott in that number two spot, and so with yeah. CD Lamb in there, and now Dak only being on the one year spot, yes, Michael Gallup for this upcoming season will be good. But for me, I'd rather trade away the potential future of Michael Gallup and the potential future of Rugs for a player like Kareem Hunt because I personally needed more uh, running back depth. And Kareem yeah. Hunt to me is one of the few hand is like one of the few handcuff running backs in this league where. If he weren't a handcuff on the team he currently was, he could be a starter on another team that needed help like that. Yeah. And then also for T for T. Higgins, I love T. Higgins. I think he can be a very similar player to an AJ Green. I don't think he'll be the Pro Bowl caliber Pro Bowl caliber player of an AJ Green, but I feel like he could be one notch below that. Very similar play styles. And for me, I'd much rather invest in the Joe Burrow Bengals future than in the John Gruden Vegas Raiders with rugs. That's kind of how I put it in my head when I did this trade. Yeah, I can, I can totally that's, understand that. That's also, fair. I, I really like the pairing of rookie quarterbacks and rookie wide receivers because they can, they can develop a chemistry a lot. Exactly. Uh, with Joe Burrow, if he's going to be a big franchise guy. Mm. Oh, yeah, Joe Burrow's going to be the, there for a long time, and the draft capital that they put into T. Higgins, I think it's, it's completely fair to, to, to think that they're going to develop a good chemistry and good relationship. And I mean, AJ Green, like, like, is he even going to be healthy through the whole year? And yeah, they've, they've put a lot of draft capital. I mean, just this season alone in their wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. AJ for me. Yeah. AJ Green, if he's healthy, he's a top 25 receiver. That's I feel like that's like a easy question, but if he's not healthy, he's just, he's not going to be, if you look at his past fantasy stats, anytime he's played a full season, he has been a top 10 fantasy receiver. Yeah. But but it's also like the past like three four years he's always oh he's had a thing in his foot oh he, you know he just he he's getting banged up the older he's gotten he's got some brittle bones but I I think T Higgins won't be particularly a good player in 2020 but I think there's a strong future for him in the league yeah I do think Rugs could have. I do think Ruggs has better 2020 fantasy potential than Higgins, but I'd rather yeah. take the long haul with Higgins down the road than Ruggs and the Raiders. I mean, that's fair. Just comparison Derek Carr to, to Joe Burrow, it's very fair to say. Um, um, what trades do we have here? The last trade I'd like to talk about is uh, Ryan traded it away, Matt Ryan, for a third-round pick. So uh, I think this is... Trade? Yeah, 
Uh, Ryan said said he did it so he could pick up Jalen Richard on the waiver wire as some RB depth. You know, he'll get some PPR value, but it won't be anything spectacular. No, he's just a uh, he's a he's a bench filler. Yeah, but for yeah. me, I already because I have Carson Wentz and Drew Lock, and like I mentioned before, I'm very hyped on Drew Lock. And having three quarterbacks in a league where you can only play one of them for me just kind of spells a disaster in terms of who to pick and who to start. And if anybody out of all the friends in the group knows me, I am notorious for somehow picking the wrong person every single week. So having three different quarterbacks to choose from for me was just like a mental nightmare. So I was like, I'll just, I traded away a third round pick during that last trade I did. I'll trade Matt Ryan away. He's the least valuable of my three quarterbacks. I'll get a third round pick and then a bench filler for him. And I think, I felt like that would be fine. But I also understand, uh, as I was talking with Lucas before we did the podcast, how I could have, traded Matt Ryan later on in the season for more potential value on a team that yeah. didn't necessarily have the quarterback depth for it and yeah. needed the quarterback in order to make a playoff push potentially, which is a very valid point, which I do think yeah. is something I should have done instead. Cause, cause you know, like, you know, every year quarterbacks get injured, you know, Aaron Rodgers had a, a two years ago where he tore his collarbone, missed out the season, broke it. Yeah. Play, players just are going to get banged up and it's going to happen. So you, you're going to, and then, like, when that QB market shrinks, I think, and people are looking their eye on the championship, they're like, oh, I'm, you know, third and second in points for this year. I can really make a run. But, you know, oh, I'm starting someone like, uh, uh, you know, oh, but I only have uh, Josh Allen or Daniel Jones, and they aren't performing as what people expect them to be. Um you know, Matt Ryan has shown that he's always been a, he's can be a consistent top 10 guy year to year. I get what you're saying about the points for, but how many, where were you in points for in the league last year? Uh, fifth. You were fifth in points for. All right. And, uh, where did, where did you end up in the standings? Uh, I was, I was fourth in standings at the end of the regular season. Uh, well, there was a, a big issue with our Sacco bracket, so we don't need to talk about that. Okay, he, he, okay what Roman is trying to get is that Lucas finished last place, <laughs> even though he had the fifth most points for in the league. So the points for argument doesn't necessarily matter. Well, no, no, I, but feel- I, mean, I mean, in the playoff hunt, it was more my point there than, than anything. Like, like you're, if you're in the playoff hunt and you need to improve your quarterback because your quarterback position isn't you know, where you want it to be, then Matt Ryan is a good trade target for that. That is true, yeah. Points are the second most important thing in fantasy football because the number one most important thing in fantasy football is wins. And I understand mm-hmm. you yeah. can't always win scoring, like, 50 points a week, which is what I did most of the season last year because my team's a disaster right now. But even with points for, like what you're saying with Matt Ryan, him being consistent, if you have, like, three borderline starter streamer quarterbacks like how how is that going to help you like how how is that supposed to help you make how is that supposed to help you get well no but that's my point matt ryan isn't like a streamer he's he's going to be a week-to-week consistent guy that you're only going to want to bench on really bad matchups in a in a very competitive division where it's you know there we like every week matters for the playoff hunt so there there's going to be a lot of pressure on him to succeed yeah but i mean like in the context of of the trade and 
Chris who picked who got Matt Ryan in this trade. Yeah, well, by the way, Matt Ryan is now his third quarterback because he also has Matt Ryan, Daniel Jones, and Jared Goff. Yeah, Jared Goff. He has three quarterbacks. So, and I understand with those with those options he had in front of him, I can understand him wanting to look for another quarterback, but. I feel like he could have easily just streamed his way through and him throwing in another option into that rotation, I think is just going to be more complicated for him. And I mean, Hey, Ryan already said that sometimes he has a hard time starting the right players week to week. And Oh, I definitely have a hard time. Definitely have a hard time. <laughs> this, this is only going to cause more problems with Chris because he's going to, he has three options. He has to look at each week and look at, look at their matchups and you know, I don't, I'm, I'm, me personally, I've never had a huge issue with streaming, so I'm not like that against having a whole bunch of streaming options to pick from. Like I, I usually know which guy I want and can yeah. figure but out. But also, yeah. But also, the other point too is that I, I made when we were discussing this earlier is if I were to trade Matt Ryan later in the season, what would I actually have gotten for him? Like that's a, that's a good guy. I want to throw that question out to you guys to see, like, what you guys would think I could have gotten for him if I traded him later in the season. I think trading quarterbacks away is just as difficult as trading for quarterbacks because there are so many options out there for you that are going to be giving you in around the same numbers of people around them in, in the standings at that time. Like, it is very easy to stream a quarterback and be somewhat successful in the league. So having three streamable quarterbacks on your team, again, is, is I think only really hurting him. I don't mm -hmm. think it would be outside of reason for him to drop two of them and just say, I'm just going to run with this guy and... I can look to the waiver wires if I really don't like a matchup. If, if he's facing the number one defense, then I can just go find another guy quickly on the waiver wires. And during the season, I'll kind of know who on my bench is droppable at that point that I can just drop up for a week and maybe look to pick up after I, I use that, that picked up quarterback. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Yeah. I don't know. I just think it's like, my more thing, It's it's like, in season, Matt Ryan's going to have a lot more value than currently right now. Where, oh, every quarterback on, you know, Daniel Jones is going to be a top ten guy. Oh, Josh Allen's going to be top ten guy. Oh, Drew Locke's going to have a breakout year where everyone's hyped. Some of these people or players are going to disappoint and not be who they were thought to be. So it's going to there's going to be some fluctuation. Some quarterbacks are going to get injured, and then um. Matt Ryan, I think, is a uh, a guy that most people would would be fine starting with. So I think it's okay. But then, what do I get for him, though? Because that was the question. Like uh, pick wise, I think you could get a second. Um, okay, player that's, what I, that's what I was trying to go for in the initial trade talks. Like I think you could get a second, or you know, like maybe a guy or or like a guy like Deontay Johnson in the third or something if he's going mediocrely and not doing insane things, you know. Yeah, but then that's also like I picked. A, I got a third rounder and Jalen Richard, who's like a backup running back. Like well, Johnny well, Johnson, mean, obviously. Well, Johnny yeah. Johnson, I'm not trying to say similar value to Jalen Richard, but in the sense we're just a pick and then another bench player. Like, I mean, well, I mean, I you could you can just say the quarterbacks are, are difficult to trade for. I think. Yeah, I just I would. I'm just going to end it on. I'd rather have just two quarterbacks than three, and I'd much rather have Carson Wentz and Drew Locke than Matt Ryan. And that's how I decide that. All right. Well, one more. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna go to the NFL world right quick. For this last topic here, I just want to talk about the DeAndre Hopkins trade to the Arizona Cardinals, and I wanted to see where you guys kind of view him in, like where you would draft him in his new position, like in the first round. Like what kind of what kind of pick? He's 
He's a he's a mid second rounder to me. I have him ranked seventh. Oh mid no, I I I'd still take a first rounder on him. Wow, that's that's. Yeah. I I need a full explanation on this. I'm I'm just I'm shocked. Okay, so all all I'm all I'm saying is DeAndre Hopkins, his entire career has been on a Texans team that is constantly underperformed, constantly not giving him the pieces he needs until he finally had to Sean Watson. And even then, he was still stuck under coach Bill O'Brien, who I don't necessarily like that much as a head coach. I don't think he's bad, but I feel like he holds down the potential of his players. And so now you're going into a situation where he's mostly on run-first teams up until Deshaun Watson. And now he's on a pass-first offense with a Kyler Murray, who in his rookie season threw for 4,000 yards and almost 30 touchdowns. Who has uh, other weapons. It's a, the, okay, well, this is... I just the Arizona offense is just designed to just chuck it to receivers. Like that's just what it is. Yeah. And with yeah. Kyler Murray is a, like a similar potential as the Deshaun Watson in terms of fantasy production, not necessarily franchise production, but fantasy production. I think I think um, Hopkins is just the hard set number one on that team. And if they no, oh, oh no. yeah, well no 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 no, <laughs> but like he's the number one. But it's like. Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk are still going to get their target share. You know, this offense also tends to disperse. Why would they not utilize someone? Why would they not? Well, no, I'm saying he is going to be the number one, but I'm still saying there's, he's not going to be a. a, He's going to go all the way down to a a second round pick now. Yeah, well, I think he's seven for me in the wide receiver rankings. Uh, Like, I'd rather have Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin over him. Personally, I think my thing is uh, Arizona is also a team that tends to distribute the ball out around more evenly. It's not like he's I don't think he's necessarily going to have a 30 percent target share. I think it's going to be closer to, you know, 25 percent. Um, also, but with all, uh, with, all, with all those weapons that you're saying that the team's going to have, don't you think that the defense is going to have to, you know, not not focus all their attention on one guy is not going to give him more room to operate and more room to you know make a make a big play. I mean, because I think I think this is this is I mean they're first of all their division is absolutely stacked and there are really good yeah. defenses in this division. But I still totally. think that, that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be yep at, at the very least like a top three wide receiver this year. For for me, it's like historically. Uh, when when player wide receivers go to a new team, their first year isn't the hottest thing in the world. Uh, they tend to you know take some time adjusting. It's not that they can't be fantasy productive. It's just they're usually not going to be the elite players that they were on their old teams. They're still gonna there's still gonna be some kinks figuring out you know like his timing with who, who are you uh, Kyler. That, like, yeah, that's what I was about to ask. Yeah. I want I want to I want to know what what other wide receivers you had in mind when you said that. Uh. Like, look at Odell last year. When he switched teams, he was a far cry from the Odell we know in uh, New York. You know, look at Allen Robinson and going to the Bears after having, you know, 1,400 yards on the Jacksonville Jagu- Jaguars. Uh, there's plenty of players, like, even, I, I even okay. Robert Woods. Even Robert Woods, like, he didn't really break out until second year on the Rams. It's just, there. there's some rust and some uh, cohesion. Well, Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hardcore come in here real quick because I just Good. I'm gonna disagree with all the only part I agreed with is Odell. Yeah. But Odell, the reason he didn't start off Super Hills because he had injury issues. It had nothing to do with necessarily him as a player. He and played also, all sixteen games last year. 
but he was playing was for injuries and it's still limiting. Like Amari Cooper yeah. played most of the guy. Like I think he played the entire season, but like every other week he was dealing with a foot injury. He would play through it. He played like trash. That's why I nicknamed him the Hollow Man. Cause yeah, he, he also switched teams mid season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Like it's. Yeah, also the Allen Robinson the Allen Robinson argument, he literally went from Blake Bortles to Mitch Trubisky, and I guarantee you Kyler Murray is better than both those quarterbacks combined. And then Robert Robert yeah. Woods didn't even break out on the on the Bills either. So it wasn't even like he like didn't break out because he transitioned to the Rams. It just took him a while to break out as a player. Yeah, also he yeah but I I like, I, like I, I think it's it's hard to just say that, oh, he's going to have elite, you know, up there, you know, he's going to have like, you know, 150 targets when he's already, when he has more target competition. Oh, the only he's person who's have 120 catches and like... I have not said anything about target shares or anything like that. I just okay. still think he's going to be a top five fantasy receiver. That's all But I'm like, arguing. how are you going to do that with like Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams and Julio Jones going to have Devontae like Adams. monster... Ta- you realize Julio Jones has not scored more than like six touchdowns in a season since like 2012 or something like that. The the dude only gets yards. But he's going to have 1,400 yards and like 120 receptions. So it's like he doesn't. And you're need telling me DeAndre Hopkins touchdowns. can't also get like 1,200 yards and like eight nine touchdowns to match that? Yeah. Uh, I think, and he also had eight touchdowns in 2018. So Julio. But like uh, my my thing is more. I just I think I just I it's it's not that I hate DeAndre Hopkins. It's that I like other people more. Is my more thing. So who who, I, are, who are all the wide receivers you take before DeAndre Hopkins? I said Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill, uh, Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin Mike too. E- okay, Mike Evans yeah. as well. Wow. You're yes. Really why you think he's you think he's already just set in his grave there in Arizona? That's I don't need like I like. No, no, no. Like, you, you made you made your case. That's, that's where. And in 2021, he's probably going to be two or three on my list. But it, right now, he's just like he's just like like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are going to get a huge upgrade at quarterback play. Tyree kills with paired with Patrick Mahomes. Julio Jones has always been a monster. Devontae Adams is great with uh, Aaron Rodgers. Michael Thomas is Drew Brees. There's just a, there's there's not a whole bunch of moving parts for them. Uh, while DeAndre Hopkins is just in this turbulent situation altogether. To me, it's just the fact that you would rather spend a first round pick on guys like well, no. Chris Godwin or like a Tyree because I like Tyree Kill too. But you'd rather take a first round pick on an injury prone Tyree Kill than DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think Tyree Kill is particularly injury prone. He just had that one injury last year. He is not like. A guy who's like constantly missing games. Well, regardless. And and regardless, yes, I would. Regardless. But and in the first round anyway, I'd prefer to tar- run, target a running back than than a wide receiver, personally. But so that's you think just that the me. The entire first round is just going to be running backs, and you're going to go to receiver. Uh, right. Well, thank you, thank you, Lucas. That's not that's not what I said, but okay. <laughs> Well, I think I think that's all we're gonna have for this episode here. Uh, it's a nice little first run. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Lucas, for everything. Yep. Uh, thank you. Yep, it was a good time. So hopefully, we'll see y'all next week. We might be in a different format. We might have some new people here. We'll see. The it'll probably take a few, it'll probably take like three or four shows to get the whole gist of everything figured out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But uh, until until the next time, everybody. Peace. Stay salty. Adios.